0: Imagine you woke up this morning and your business just vanished. Welcome to Survival Mode, a podcast that explores how entrepreneurs handle hard decisions in times of crisis. I'm Matthias, and together with Digital Switzerland, we explore what it means to have a hard pivot, go through rapid scaling, or put your startup into hibernation mode. How do you lead people when everyone is working from home? In this episode of Survival Mode, Tobias Hackerman, CEO and co founder of Sherpany, explains how going remote increased their company's transparency, how the new normal in online and offline work could look like, and what accelerating effects COVID 19 had on leadership styles and megatrends. Sherpany is a Swiss startup that helps your company to get the most out of meetings. Okay, welcome back to Survival Mode. Today I have the absolute pleasure to be with Tobias Hackermann. Tobias, it's such a pleasure. You're CEO and co-founder of uh, Sherpeny. Could you quickly introduce yourself and your company? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so Sherpany, uh, is is providing a solution for digital meeting management, basically to transform classical meetings into agile meetings. Uh, and what's the core uh, uh, around it? Agile meetings. It basically helps you collaborate before the meeting more and more intensively, so that during the meeting you can actually focus on the topics that really need discussions between, between all participants. The entire uh, our entire product builds on the Ascent framework. Ascent framework is like Scrum for agile software development. Ascent is the framework for agile meeting management and our software builds on top of that and basically allows you to follow this ascent framework which increases quality of decisions and speeds up decision making but also reduces time spent in meetings and uh, we probably have all been there that we have been in meetings where we think this should have been an email or um, might have been an important meeting but why was i there or where should have been contributed or You're 10 minutes where it's relevant, and the other two hours, you're just sitting there. And the bigger the corporate, the bigger the problem. Um, And that's what we are helping our customers to address and to basically go forward. And interesting enough, that's now, especially with corona, I mean, when it goes remote, structure within meetings becomes even more important uh, when you have distributed teams to actually still keep effectiveness of your meetings uh, on a high level. Well, i can imagine so that's about interpreting to myself i started my first company when i was 18 um in blue collar worker industries so in security industries so tight margin i learned <laughs> how to live with tight margin um sold at that company finished my studies uh, and started sharpening and since 2011 i'm a co-founder and ceo of sharpening uh, that's
0: so cool so to 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 the to the opener i read a book uh, what is it called back to work zurück an die arbeit mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's w- working in big companies i can totally relate uh, he he claimed that around 30% of the time spent is not time spent on customer benefits so kind of time spent wasting i think mm-hmm. meetings is definitely uh, a big issue so i totally can relate to your product i think it's a great great idea and we already dive into corona i say we what is it now i don't know 10 weeks something like that in yeah in this, about 10 you know, weeks i'd say yeah in this crisis and you mentioned it already so we went from physical to online
1: meetings so how did the whole crisis affect you uh so for Sherpany, it was out of two aspects extremely positive. positive first it was positive for us uh, for our company culture Uh, We have been divided beforehand. We have, um, we're about 120 people. Uh, We have six different uh, offices uh, in Europe. Um, But nevertheless, our entire product team, which counts about 50% of our entire staff, um, was already organized remote by default. So the entire product team, we have people around the globe from the US till Malaysia working on our product. so we had quite extensive experience with the entire remote work, um, but on the other, in the other divisions, in sales, marketing, customer success, operations, uh, we still had like on-site teams. Um, but especially, for example, in sales marketing, the team is very distributed. Uh, we have just it is an on-site team, but on like five or six different locations. Um, so we always struggled a bit with, with how do we make them really work together. And there is a natural tendency that if you are together in an office, that the ones that are close around are closer than the others, which means if you have questions, you you obviously go to the one that is just right next to you rather than looking for the, the person that, that actually is most probable to have the best answer to your question. Um, by moving into remote for the entire company, uh, so w- when when the announcement happened that lockdown is likely to happen, actually, before the lockdown e- even happened, um, we decided to go full remote. So we decided one day, next day, everything was remote. I mean, the, the entire tech, our entire infrastructure was there. There was no problem to change. And we got a lot of positive experiences that actually people got closer. Uh, communication became more transparent and more cross location and you had very interesting dynamics that suddenly you had people jumping on the specific conversations that happened within a channel um and offering help for example i have we have one front-end engineer that has a phd in linguistics so she jumped into some some discussions on how we shall communicate something That was absolutely not obvious, no one in the marketing team even knew that, so they would not have asked her in the first place, but because everything happened in Slack on the different channels, and that's probably one of the key learnings, conversations need to happen in a channel and not in private messages, um, that actually then like, uh, very positive things happened. And we also see that our our NPS, so we are on a monthly basis, we collect the employee NPS. And the NPS and satisfaction of our employees significantly grew over the last two months um, since we are in remote. And now we are going back or going forward to the post-corona time. And a couple of things we definitely will change. So our offices, for example, will become much more of a meeting point rather than being a working offices and we're also going to flexibilize or give more flexibility when it comes to choosing the best working place for the work you have to do
0: how do you think that will change so you mentioned it i i think it's an interesting topic because i researched it a couple of years ago how how you set up a company remote and fully remote and that is was exactly one of the learnings they told me that if you Fully remote is working a lot better since everything has to be online and is transparent. As soon as you're partly remote, then you have these conversations in private. Um, how, how do you think it's moving forward now? What, how does
1: that gonna look like? Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, it's a question that we are also circling around. How can we combine uh, online and offline work uh, and these two environments? and or I say remote work and on-site work. Um, and I think that's also something that we have to, to differentiate. So I had a discussion the other day um, in a talk where we discussed a lot about uh, the experiences of remote work now during Corona. And I said, most of the companies right now don't have any experience with remote work. They collected experience with home office. That's something else working remote and working at home is not the same. And I think that's something that is that is very important when it comes to also what kind of culture do you foster and what challenges uh, your employees or your, your staff will most probably have because they're different if you're a remote worker or if you're a home worker. Um, but back to your question, um, I think for from our perspective is, we definitely gonna, gonna. I think there is a natural uh, tendency that people had very positive experience now by, by communicating more and having conversations more done on Slack. Um, and by increasing also the share of remote work in every single team that people are at least two out of five days uh, within a week remote, um, you will, we will be able to maintain work because every single week everyone has the experience of being remote part of a team and by that you will naturally then um, make sure that everyone is the same way included within the team and the other thing is like the bigger we get the the more distributed our teams are anyway even though if they're on site um, all our teams have team members that are not on the same site uh and also there the experience that we did during that phase i believe that people will remember um how fast you can get things done if you include your entire team or if you um leverage your entire team uh, that is distributed and not on the same side
0: agree and i mean basically moving forward there is no no chance why it shouldn't work we all tested it in big scale and uh so so i think it has to stay or it will stay at some point but as you mentioned I, yeah,
1: yeah i absolutely agree
0: um so so looking a little bit to your customers or your customer base i guess for them it was quite a impact as well or quite a change as well since so not every company is is uh, set up uh, as remote or as, as as digital as you guys are how was the experience on that side? What was the learnings they went
1: through? Yeah, I think I mean um, we had also very positive experience. I mean, of course, for for many customers, and we have we have customers across all different industries. So we we had different experience, of course, with different customers. Some were just faced the challenge of switching from uh, an on-site mindset to a remote or a home office mindset and struggled there um and others not just struggled with that but struggled with their actual business to to get their business done um there are a couple of things that we that we did so as i mentioned we changed to remote by default in the product team back in 2015 so we collected already a lot of experiences that do or don'ts um And what we did is we introduced uh, different uh, channels, newsletters and so on for our customers where we just openly shared also webinars where we just openly shared uh, all the experiences we did, all the tools we developed, uh, like communication guidelines, uh, like do's and don'ts, like how do you constantly educate your people and give them like tips and tricks on how to be successful when working at home, um, how do you make regular check-ins and so on, a couple of things. So all this experience we collected, we just shared for freely and said, uh, hey, we have this experience. If it helps you, please pick it up. If you want to have a conversation with us, please do so um, because we we have this experience and we're happy to share. So that was, th- that was interesting for us because it increased um, or we were able to increase, of course, then the trust relation with our customers, which is something very, very positive. The second thing is also that, um, of course, many customers saw even additional benefits with Sharepenny because when you have distributed teams uh, or remote teams, like structure becomes even more important because structure allows you to keep the engine going and keep also the rhythm uh, within a company going that is super important for the motivation, right? Um, So that you also realize that, People don't fall off the off the wagon, or don't get lonely at home, uh, or uh, don't fall into like classical home office traps where you can really get um, get get uh, get into challenges or into motivational problems. So um, I think there there was a and that's what we ultimately saw in our expansion with a lot of customers that then started using Sherpany not just on the leadership level but also going like one two levels down really helping to give everyone within the organizations the tools they need to keep meetings structured and meetings going. Because when you're in a remote setup, meetings become even more important to uh, be something where people can get motivation and don't lose motivation. And efficiency of meetings, not just effectiveness, but efficiency of meetings becomes also more important because Uh, remote meetings are even more tiring than on-site meetings Um, and it's more easily to lose people within a meeting when it is remote. Um, So you have to make sure that um, you keep people engaged and actually consume their time wisely because I, we had a couple of conversations, for example, with, with some customers where we then discuss, OK, how do you make people sure that they keep attending a meeting? It's like, OK, let's make everyone so I'll switch on their camera so I can see whether they're still listening or I can see whether they do something else or something. Like and they're like, no, that's completely wrong. If they don't listen, then think about why. It might be not relevant for them or they didn't have enough time to prepare or they're not in the topic. There is something else wrong with that meeting. If if it's valuable for people, you don't have to run behind people to focus and to participate. No, it's relevant for them. Um, And that's where then Ascent can help a lot with its principles of dynamic participation, for example. Let people come in and go um, uh, following their contribution within a meeting. If they cannot cont- contribute for the second part of the meeting, why should they stay? Let them go. Um, if they believe it's not relevant for them, let, they speak up, let them speak up. Let them say that it's not relevant for them. And then you can figure out why or what not. And that increases efficiency, effectiveness. And ultimately, for the remote setup, I think the key element it keeps people engaged and motivated. So really the meetings where people meet and actually exchange really becomes a place where people then walk out and say, okay, I got it, let's do it now, right? That's a super good point. Um, Because I I, I talked a lot about
0: how to keep people active online, it's harder, I would say. And then a friend of mine is a school teacher. What, What she had to do, they had to show their face and their hands that she could check them out on the smartphones. But i mean what, what you said is is so true like there's a reason why they're not active there's a reason why they're not attending and that's maybe but why yeah think about the use think about the root of the cause rather than how to how to force them to
1: exactly don't fight the symptoms fight the problem
0: agree very good so one one question to the whole crisis did you have to take hard decisions in that or what are what were hard decisions you had to take during crisis or during building a startup is always a crisis in a way? What were hard decisions? Exactly. So there's the hard... nothing
1: different. <laughs> there was nothing different. <laughs> same, Just another same. Crisis. Another up is down.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, if you think about it, what would be the hardest decision you had to take?
1: Um, Honestly, for us, this crisis didn't uh, didn't bring us to any hard decisions. Specifically, we were um, lucky and blessed that we were able to close our funding round during the crisis. Um, this was a very positive experience for us. It was also very positive experience because the crisis helped us to see the true mindset of the different investors we had in that in, in the final stage. So they reacted completely differently and from some we thought that they would be a good fit for us. It turned out they are not a good fit because when it when the shit hits the fan uh, they don't uh, they don't stand for what they were saying and um, so for us this was a positive experience we really as you say in Swiss German, <laughs> we really saw like which ones we can build on um and that was positive for us the 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 hard decision that or hard decisions uh, were um of course in the beginning as a, as different ones we were we were thinking how fast and how well does it will it work uh by changing to remote and of course we circle a lot around we have a very strong culture at, at chirpani um and Will we be able to remain uh, uh, retain it, and what's going to be the impact on our on the motivation on the employees and so on? And I think the 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 biggest question that we had is, or it was basically a, a proof on whether we are we are capable or not. Was I think when you change to remote, um, you will see even harder which people within the leadership team are actually being able to lead people um, and which ones are not and that was for me a, a question that i was thinking or, or hoping of course to see that everyone at Trapani is um, but all the like the the, the old-fashioned management instruments such as if people are present being close interacting like um mediocre trust uh, these kind of things you know when people are present it's just easier to mm-hmm. manage to manage them but when you're remote you truly have to lead them management does not work anymore you really have to lead you have to trust you have to know exactly what do you want what do you expect which outcomes do you expect and then really lead them results driven and not Task oriented and absolutely not um, presence oriented or time oriented, um, and that was like a key element, which was, and I think ultimately for us to validate that, that our leadership team, all of them, really incorporated one of our five values, which is result driven, when it comes to actually leadership and holding people accountable for results but not for their presence, not for whether they get up in the morning or not, or whether they are on their working desk or not, or whether they're online or not, that all doesn't matter. You need to know what results you expect and then hold them accountable for that and be appreciative for the results they deliver, no matter the way they take to get it done. Oh,
0: great insights. So what I want to deep dive a bit into is, so you, what we talked about or what you mentioned is that not just the startups filter during crisis, but the investors as well and, and the leadership styles as well. So maybe we start with the investor side first. What was for other startups out there? So you closed around, you went through it. Uh, what was the learning you could give them or you, you would um, prolong or yeah, take, take into account.
1: I think, I mean, it, it's hard to, it's always hard to give to give advice in that sense because we were lucky to uh, to be able to close our funding round and i think if 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 you have the knife at your neck which you have a couple of times when you are a startup uh, it's more difficult uh, at some point in time of course but i think in general it's it just re uh, reconfirmed what you can read when you read about funding rounds that it is absolutely important and crucially important that you do Uh, your due diligence of the investors you're going to take on board seriously. That you really try to test them and figure out who are these people and and especially who is going to be at the table. Who is that person? It's like like recruiting a management position, right? You really want to figure out how is that person going to react under pressure? How is that person going to react and help you or not help you when, it, when when the shit hits the fan, when the crisis comes. Um, so for that, I think the crisis was a, a very good um, element or test to see how people actually react on the crisis. And it I think everyone who was able to go through a funding round now in the last eight weeks and made these experiences, I think if, if you're a, found, a founder and you plan to make a funding round in six months from now or in 12 months from now, try to reach out to some entrepreneurs that did it during the crisis and double check when it comes to your due, due, due diligence, find someone. If you have a couple of funds, VCs or private investors that are in your funnel to to for your next funding round, try to find a, a startup that had this investor investing during the crisis. And that's when you're gonna figure out and you're gonna get the most valuable feedback, I think, to really figure out how do they react and, and what are they gonna do? And unfortunately, not just during the crisis, but I have a couple of friends that that are very successful entrepreneurs, um, but during their periods, they, they took on some, some VCs into their, Uh, into their company and then when crisis hits or things didn't work out the way it should um, most of them got burned and i think that's that's unfortunately the the yeah the, the 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 mismatch that happens so i think it's from our experiences, private investors are great. You have a lot of private investors out there, family offices, um, that are truly interested in in long term investment and really think about let's make your your company successful. And ultimately, it's a bit. It's also a bit a decision as as you, for you as an entrepreneur. What type of entrepreneur are you? Uh, are you the one that? That is also going for the for like I want to be the billion dollar uh, IPO. I'm going to be one out of ten thousand, and if not, then okay, it just fails. Uh, that's okay. Um, or are you the one that says no? I want to build something sustainable, um, and as long as we grow and we do things right, we're going to be successful. Maybe not in five years. Maybe it takes ten years instead of five, but we're going to be successful and we're going to build something sustainable that actually makes a difference in the world and according to what type you are you should also choose your your investors and the big vc names are not necessarily the right ones depending on what personality you are and i think the key learning is really figure out what personality you are who are you and what what really drives you which values are are important for you and the the more honest you are to yourself um and also the more you understand that there is not there are no good or bad values just make sure that you know yours because you cannot run away from them ultimately there are some values that that really move you or that you get the boots to spearly (laughs) you you have a, a circuit um in your in your head when when people mess with your core values and the better you know them the more likely it is to understand what type of investors and ultimately also what type of people employees partners will actually fit to you and it is okay to follow your values and say hey these are my values that this if we have not co- no common understanding on those it's not going to work out well on the long term not because yours are better than the other ones. No, because they don't fit. And if they don't fit, then it's just it's just going to backfire at some point in time.
0: Greatly put. Um, totally agree. Alignment is crucial. And a lot of people, especially if it's for work, if it's for management, if it's an investor, they compare it to marriage. And I think if you look at the time spent and the, the stress test you go through, it's probably true to to be super, super crucial on, on that side and to to choose it really wisely. So I guess... Corona if, you, was... if
1: you make this analogy, you can say Corona did also that. I mean, <laughs> a lot of marriage got tested and suddenly people realized, actually, to see you more than an hour per day uh, doesn't work out well. And then you have to rethink, well, there there must be a, a deeper problem in like, not feeling at home at home.
0: Oh, it's so true, and if you look at the numbers as well, the uh, divorce rate was was going up quite significantly. Because I mean, it's it, it's definitely a stress test. Everyone is stuck at home together, and mm-hmm. you realize is it or is it not working. And I think if you manage that, uh, it's it's good to know, and it's good for the future. Like likewise with you, of the investor.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, it's like you should. It should be joyful. The harder it gets, the more joy you should have, because it's like hey, we it's super hard, but we're going to get that done together. You know, you, you, you fight it together. And then this, this creates tremendous bonds between people. It makes a lot of fun. It is hard in the moment, but it gives you a lot of joy ultimately. But if it just sucks, then, you to, then it's not a good match. Uh, you, don't,
0: you don't want to go home then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So we, we move a little bit beyond... Um, what what I want to pick your brain on? What do you think are the effects of this crisis, or how how will the new normal going to look like beyond Corona?
1: Yeah, I, I like how you how you put it. The new normal. Uh, that's exactly. I always say a lot of people ask me, okay, so how do you think when do when do we go back to to before? And I say there is no way back. The time runs always one way, and so should so should we fall forward do a step forward what's going to be post-corona the forward the new normal not when we go back so (laughs) having said that um i think that uh, absolutely i think remote work homework or home office and remote work um, both will play a bigger role uh, in all the companies that have uh, desk workers And where physical presence is not needed, as it is like on a construction site or assembly line. But if you are desk workers, there is going to be a big demand coming from uh, the employees to allow that. And it is going to be a, a challenge for old fashioned managers. For managers that are not, and that's what I said before, if you are not used to lead. Um, by results and if you're not used to trust people that they have an intrinsic motivation to deliver those results and you don't need to control and if you don't feel comfortable with that uh, it's going to be a hard time uh, moving forward especially in industries where you have a lot of desk workers like banking, insurance um, all the service companies also like EY or the auditors, all the, the service the service companies. Uh, I think that's 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 pretty clear to me that this is going to be a, play a bigger role. You need to get your, of course. And following that, you just need to get your infrastructure in place for those who have not. I think a lot of companies made a huge step, um, and I think a lot of companies should be super proud of what they achieved actually in so short time and let's keep it as a learning for lots of companies also that you can actually make huge steps forward when it comes to digitization, uh, getting becoming a modern company. Sometimes, yeah, we need an external push and I think we got that. And let's try to keep that momentum also to learn and say, hey, actually, we could push ourselves too. Why, why do we need to wait for an external push? We could push ourselves too. Um, so that's for sure one thing. I think... Um following that I also think that like probably corona is not going to change so many things but it's going to uh, accelerate a lot of the mega trends we have such as digitization, urbanization uh, remote work or nomadizing of the work power or of the workforce uh, smaller um, working, different work engagements in different companies according to the skills and interests you have. So I think there, I see a lot of, of accelerations of the trends that just happened. So I think all those, those companies and startups that have been looking at megatrends um, and have been working on those and anticipating that, for them, it's going to be a, a boost because these megatrends are going to accelerate. For the ones that have not been uh, monitoring them or not taking them too serious, I would advise to do so.
0: Good point, and and I
1: like your analogy
0: that it's a step forward and not backwards. So I hope we we do the same with remote office and all these companies that really, as you mentioned, went through an incredible impact and push.
1: So uh, that is forward and not back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Corona pushed us forward, not backwards. The same uh, that say that a lot of people always say, "Yeah, when do we come back to the to the level of the before crisis?" No, I want to go forwards to a level after crisis that is better than the one before already right, so I have one last
0: question and uh, it's a try for me as well if you so think back when we were 18 or you were 18 right now what advice would you give your 18 year old what would you do or which area would you you go after what fascinates you
1: <laughs> if i would um I think there are two things that, that fascinate me a, a lot. And one I have been following and the other one not so far. One is when I founded my first company um, um, in that industry, had tight margin. I told myself or the, the biggest learning for me was I, whenever I'm ever going to create a second company, it's going to be uh, in a high margin industry or in a digital industry where we can significantly invest in people i found it very even close to disturbing that we were not able to invest properly into culture into talents into people um, and to make it a great place to work Um, and that has been one of the core drivers for me uh, at Sherpany, and a lot of focus and energy goes into that to build a culture and a working environment where great talents really can identify with feel feel great and can be can be the best of themselves right so that is something that i would advise to myself again focus on that focus earlier on that because to me personally it's extremely rewarding to see that it is possible to create such a culture and to see happy people, to see people that like to go to work that like their their environment that and they just achieve like way more for themselves and also for the company when you provide this this environment. so um, and I think that's also moving forward this this social culture aspects, I think are g- getting more and more important um, when it comes to that, like blue collar workers ultimately get automized and, and digitized um, so the, these aspects of how do you build that what what happens between humans and how do you build a human environment um, where where people can actually excel that's super interesting the second aspect which i did not follow yet but i'm super interested is the entire uh, robotic industries so back back when I had to choose what I'm going to study I had two hearts in my breast one was do something different so I was always uh, on the engineering path I studied math uh, or I I did the the my A levels on math and I was always uh, on the engineering path one was like do something completely different so I I thought about studying law because I had like at that time I had no idea about Uh, business, or finance, or law, or these kind of things. And the other one, of course, was follow your path, become an engineer. Um, So at that point, my rebel me was stronger, and I said, okay, no, I got to go for law, I got to go for business, I'm studying business and law, and and going to learn something completely new. Which was great. Uh, As of today, I regret it. I regret because um, I think I was too much a rebel. I mean, I have no problem with what I studied, but I I cannot get so much out of it as comparably, I have the feeling that still the engineering heart actually stronger inside of myself. Um, so coming out of that, I'm super fascinated by robotics and any kind of what is possible with robots and and automation. Uh, through robotics and uh, human robotics how can you combine like power of robots with with human power and so on so that's definitely an industry i'm super interested and i would uh, advise myself uh, to study robotics rather than studying law
0: I mean, the, the trend-wise or the timing-wise, I think, would be perfect as well. Because when you look right now at the Swiss robotics scene, it's in, impressive what, what's going on with antibiotics and, and all the other companies that come from ETH, EPFL, and the cool tech uh, hubs in Switzerland. So definitely agree with that one. Perfect. So thank you so much, Tobias. Um, we're at the
1: end. Thank you so much for this super insightful interview. Thank you also for this cool conversation and for the good questions.